Justice and equity for all. How can we be better if we are all the same? ESG environment social governance, DIE diversity, inclusion, equity are all an obsession to make us all into equal avatars. Since identity is the main form of categorizing humans similar to breeds in animals and coveys of bird life. Without a measuring stick there is no way to discern aromes or incomes in life. Mewjing sticks, 1. Educational attainment. Learn to earn in a competitive society. 2. Goals, and objectives. Must have a skill to bill for individual sharing. 3. Action plans for the implementation of life's journey. 4. Prodriation for the family tree and its future growth, and productivity in the great American enterprise. 5. Ability to expand the GDP for your chosen enterprise, and the results you provide individually. 6. Contribution to Social Security, and Medicare funding. 7. Income, real estate and property taxes paid for the equity saved. 8. Equity saved, and invested in your own enterprise or as an investor in someone else's enterprise. 9. Your annual earnings for your family, state, and country. 10. Your health, education, and prosperity are contingent on these 10 commandments of Americanism. The question for your own welfare how do you measure a life, over and above the analytical measures? Are you happily married and raising your children in your image? Do you exercise your right to vote, receive the respent you have earned as a productive American? This determines the scales of justice from the economy, and legal system that you must abide by and expect justice in an incident or accident. No more no less. However, the justice, and legal system may be stewed away from you by prominence or relationship with the political system. This is the law of torts at work, where injustice weighs heavily in favor of the wealthy or celebrity few, and away from the many. Politics does not act as an equalizer since the golden rule only allows for those with the gold to rule. How then do the ordinary person become active enough to make a difference? 1. Write a best-selling book. 2. Work for the media. 3. Work for a candidate for office. 4. Make a fortune from lotto. 5. Marry into a political family. 6. Travel the six ways to Bruce Jenner. 7. Start your own party. Such as the American Enterprise Swing Vote Party. 8. Hang on to the coattails of a political winner. 9. Vote for a relative. 10. Outlive everyone in office. Then you will die a frustrated politician that never made a difference. Much like Hunter Biden, President Biden's son of the big guy. Meaning that selling privilege is rampant in the real world. A wide world of money laundering, and graft. Guilty, or not our political parties are mimicking the communist countries by allowing our oligarchs to buy off the justice system and to turn their heads by being appointed by a politician. The remedy is to separate justice from government appointment, especially the Supreme Court, justices, by privatizing the positions that are voted in or out regardless of party affiliation, much like the federal and state judges. FBI on the other hand would be privatized by creating a Department of Safety, Imprisonment, and Court System to be provided the authority of the Constitution to administer the rule of law. Much like privatizing education to break the hold on unionization for the purpose of pensions, salaries, benefits based on performance not political action committees demanding more money, without a measurement of performance. Such as how many guns in circulation, who has them, how many gangs are using them, what is the procedures for determining bail, incarceration, and penalties for murder, rape, incest, and drug dealing. Independence from the political system of bureaucrats appointed by the party in control. Just as important as separating church, and state. Graft from lawmaking. Term limits for lifetime bureaucrats. 24 million bureaucrats are employed by federal, state, local governments. A $1.9 trillion payroll, pensions and health care cost. Except for the first responders, and teachers all are there for life, 
regardless of performance standards they become the independent dependent swing voters that keep one party or the other in power forever. There lies the deal of a gridlock democracy on the floor of the Senate, House, Supreme Court, and Presidency. Break this stranglehold of the two-party system for a common ground for decision, and lawmaking. Turn lawmakers into money makers with fewer bills, laws, rules, regulations, and dark money elections. Break this ineffective, inefficient, wasteful system with the American Enterprise Party Swing Vote Common Sense Party. Justice and equity for all failure, our justice system has taken to the streets. It's now a fight of the isms. Racism, socialism, fascism forgetting humanism. Protests disguised as revolutionaries further divide the silent majority into two warring political parties. The banners of discontent are leading America down the civil revolution track funded by those tech companies that are controlling America's media news culture. The underpinning of the revolt is money according to the golden rule, those with the gold rule. Billionaires, infotechs and corporate conglomerates use their gold and social media and news media for mind control to rule our so-called democratic elections. None of this results in equality or equity. It merely takes from the majority of the voters its intentions and fair treatment while blaming each other for the problem. Patriotic and peaceful coexistence failure, as our society self-indulges in our social media and believes the fake news media while our cultural values deteriorate. Also, our health habits ingest pills with dramatic side effects, legalized recreation drugs addict us, violence and vulgarity in our viewing and listening media erodes our values, excessive incomes of a few and poverty incomes for the many allows money to rule. With this failure we lose our honor and faith in what's right by not knowing what's left. We are polarized. By distortions of the truth, we effectively, no longer have a center in our lives or political system. Peaceful coexistence is lost to wealth. We have been misled by leaders of the political parties, who can afford or raise a billion-dollar run for the Senate, the House, the Presidency and win the Super Bowl, that anyone can compete for a seat of power. Leaving 169 million enterprising Americans that effectively pay all the bills and federal and state taxes behind, to fight over the spoils of the two-party failure. What's the solution to stopping the spiral of the American dream? To avoid burning down our future and cities with protests, riots and violence we need a new governing philosophy. 1. Fiscal and financial responsibility. We are a country of laws and law enforcement. To that end our political parties argue over funding our military and police. Forgetting that our budget needs to finance our collective health, welfare and education. None of these are free or replaceable by a warring Congress or nation. Consequently, each of us must earn our right to these inalienable rights by taking responsibility for our share of the decision-making and cost. Without our approval, the gang of 545 wastes our national resources on $9 trillion on regime wars, $3 trillion on weapons of mass destruction, we hope we never use, $800 billion of interest accrued on the national debt and $6 trillion stimulus and PPE funding of our unhealthy American lives. A third party that stands for peaceful coexistence in a world of violence will prevail in leading those axes of evil towards peaceful coexistence. We then can focus on paying down the unsustainable spiraling $64 trillion national debt, $125 trillion of unrecorded obligations for pensions and entitlements legislated for all levels of our government. The wealthiest individuals, corporations and foundations who have profited from the great American enterprise must step up and reinvest equity in the enterprise by lowering our dependence on debt that is leading to our collective self-destruction. A third party that stands for these principles can impact America's future by being the swing vote, 10 seats in the Senate, 20 seats in the House and a seat in the Supreme Court and ultimately the presidency. To that end America for all prevails. 2. Health, environmental and welfare responsibility. We are a country of failing collective health and welfare, 
An unhealthy and environmentally endangered America is an unacceptable condition when the world is looking to us to be the leader in those cultural attainments of the American dream that lure the immigrant masses to our borders. A healthy American with a healthy environment, is an enterprising American that can proudly exercise the right to vote for a party that makes that principle a priority. America needs to be number one in quality of life and number one in return on our investment in universal health care services. Unfortunately, it is now costing Americans $4.2 trillion annually, $14,500 per person, for substandard health care services falling victim to billions of dollars wasted. To do this requires each and every American to be responsible for their own health, environmental and welfare costs through health savings accounts funded by employee withholding and an employer match representing the benefit. By internalizing what it costs makes each of us discriminating consumers who hold the providers of the services accountable for cost, prices and outcome. Good morning, America. This is Jerry Rhodes coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. Today's topic, what makes America the greatest and most vulnerable. Number one, free market enterprise, not just pure capitalism or socialism, but Americanism. Monetary capital working with human capital to build enterprises. Where America is vulnerable, allowing oligarchs or monopolies or monopsonies to take over our media, social media, and distribution systems. Number two, enterprising American workers, not just robots called bots, but real live human beings. Pursuing happiness through work for family, lifestyle, in other words, of a successful standard of living. Not just being rich and famous, ending in divorce and broken families, but just the opposite. Where America is vulnerable is the capitalist investors aren't sharing. The wealthy are not sharing within the enterprising system with the enterprising workers, resulting in union strikes and destruction of our productivity system. So in other words, what we have here is a watering down of the strength of what I'm calling Americanism, where capital, monetary capital, and human capital come together every day in our enterprises, small, medium, and large. We're losing that traction because we're battling each other within the two-party system, where I'm proposing that we have a third party representing enterprising Americans, not a labor union, not a fraternity, but a third party that is an enabler for pulling America together, not dividing it the way things are being done now. It really is the solution by building our foundation upon what makes us great, which is free market enterprise. Number three, ownership of property and businesses, which I'm calling enterprises, starting small and growing in prosperity and security, such as you own your own home, automobile, You have investments in an education, property, stocks, savings accounts, and retirement security. 
Where America is vulnerable is where our democracy is dominated by the golden rule. Those with the gold rule, and currently they're ruling with debt and deficit spending that is beyond liquidation. So what happens in in the enterprise or business world if you get in that point where you are insolvent uh, and then become bankruptcy because you cannot pay your current liabilities of $31 trillion. You keep raising the debt limit beyond uh, conceivable uh, liquidation, and you're losing the uh, international or global balance of trade. Four, having a say in life's successes and problem solving. Being a problem solver, not a problem maker. A great team member and a winning organization or free enterprise business. Either your own or someone else's, giving you the opportunity of ownership and profit sharing. When our government officials are being the checkers, not the enablers of expanding the gross domestic product and reducing or amortizing debt and interest and fixed burden costs created by more laws and more regulations, endangering the profit motive of the free market enterprise. In other words, government is the largest employer and the least accountable and the most uh, controlling in a free market. Five, having a vote in elections that are secure, where America is vulnerable due to a two-party system and gridlock, crying out for an alternative, calling for better leadership, where America is vulnerable due to not having a secure system by allowing everyone to vote regardless of citizenship and proof of that standing. Supposedly, in a democracy, anyone can run for office in a free country, but only those with the gold can run everything from mayor to governor to senator to house rep to president. Six, we must produce our products, not just sell them. Where America uses its small to medium-sized enterprises to create better products and processes before we start giving away our technology and trade agree- with trade agreements without capturing gross domestic product that exceeds our fixed overhead spent on big government and the war machine. <coughs> America is vulnerable for not truly being the peacemaker to the world of autocrats and warlords who want to steal our prosperity for evil purposes. Seven, having leadership that is experienced in the first six successes despite vulnerabilities. Our leadership in the world is where America is most vulnerable. We have become the enabler of our competitors to own the supply lines as we have became have become the wholesalers and retailers for their products, which really originated as our products. 
using our inventions, technologies, and ideas by reverse engineering, engineering our profitable products and selling them back to us, plus shipping, distribution, and marketing costs. So in other words, we've given away this, the trade secrets and they made them better, raised the price, added shipping and distribution costs to that, and all of a sudden we have a trillion dollar per year loss of profit. It's not just a trade imbalance, we're losing money every year and have been since World War II under some of these crazy trade agreements that were negotiated by politicians, uh, not business people. None of the, of the decision makers in, the, in those instances had ever invented a product, started a business, paid, covered a payroll, and made, made the company profitable. So, how do we reverse this challenge to our sovereignty, solvency, and number one position in the world? America needs an offensive game plan of quasi-reorganization first, which means that we're going to cut fixed costs down to the break-even point. And right now, the biggest fixed cost is the cost of government. That's what drove businesses overseas. Not just that it was lower labor costs and then we say it was child labor in China and Vietnam and the Indo-China countries is false. Because now, if you go and look on these videos, they're very prosperous. Everyone's working. And who are they working for? They're working for, usually, an autocracy or a warlord or a dictator. And they have very low overhead because they don't have unions. They don't have all of the regulations that have been heaped on American businesses. So we would have to cut our 24 million government workers, leaving aside the first responders, and get our fixed costs, which is, is cost of government because they're not producing anything except laws and, and more regulations. So we need to get down to the break-even point. That's the way it's done in, in American businesses that are troubled. Um, uh, former, he wasn't former president, he ran for president. Romney, his company, specialized in taking over businesses, cutting their fixed costs down to the break-even point till they made profit and then sell them off. America needs to do the same thing under an offensive game plan, and it's called quasi-reorganization. Chapter 11 of the Bankruptcy Code. I've been told, oh, the federal government cannot go bankrupt. Well, within the Constitution, it says that the government shall not spend more than it takes in. So, interpreting that, yes, we can do a quasi-reorganization game plan. So, we have to correct the mistakes of past administrations, presidencies, legislatures, House, Senate, gridlock, all those things that have caused 
America to be in this position. And the current structure of our institutional branches of government have to be accountable. Instead of having two parties gridlocked and vying for control, we have a we will have a three or multiple party voting system with a third party swing vote that keeps our strengths in the front in the forefront of our national priorities an international platform being peace with strength of our natural resources inventive small businesses or enterprises and growth for the world gross domestic product thereby solving poverty, hunger, using humanism. Okay, well, now you read that. What are you really saying here? Humanism is to prevail over the other isms, the racism, Marxism, fascism, all of those negative connotations and gaining bad results. It's humanism where we, as a team, uh, format our efforts according to objectives. What do we want to accomplish? We want to take back the trade imbalance. How do you do that? Well, first of all, you have to look at the current situation, what, what's causing us to lose the trade imbalance. Well, like I said, we have allowed somehow the technology and the trade secrets to be picked up, stolen, or um, an American company is now located in those countries. And for some reason or another, the technology and trade secrets leak out and picked up, reversed engineered, such in China, and then the price at, at the price, higher price, because the, it's not child labor. It's, it's, it's individuals in China pursuing the China dream. And they have a China dream. They have a China capitalism. And they have a chi China socialism. But it's not built on the same concept of free opportunity. So not everyone is equal here or there. But the pursuit of profit and the profit sharing is all based upon a central government. So it's a down, it's government down, not government up. It's not government of the people, for the people, by the people. It's for the government, for the Politburo, by the Politburo, of the Politburo. So their version of enterprise is not freedom. We have democracy. In China, they have autocracy. The difference there is that all individuals in this country are free to choose. In those countries, they are assigned, and they are now a part of an army, not a part of an enterprise. And so the dynamics of this is we will win every time if our game plan is organized and focused on objectives. So what's our objectives? Cut fixed costs. Well, what are the big, biggest fixed costs for trade? Well, it's shipping. You know, now we're trying to get it from a far-off country, such as China, 
across two seas and get it to the ports, the 20 American ports in this instance. It's, it's happening all over the world, but China has 5,400 cargo ships. They also make the containers that they put the products in. And there are other countries utilizing their ships and their containers. And they ship through both oceans to the East Coast and the West Coast, and they're charging us shipping. It's not loaded pricing. It's, it, it's loaded pricing, not landed pricing. So in other words, we're paying for the products at their price, which includes now the technology it took to reverse engineer it and make it better, and selling it to our wholesalers and retailers, plus shipping. So it's landed cost in the pricing. So we're now absorbing the cost of getting it from there to here, and then we are also absorbing the cost to unload it onto our um, uh, semi-trucks and our rail, railroads, railroad cars, and then covering the cost of getting it to the wholesalers and retailers distribution system. So by the time it gets to that point, we've lost money. What we need to do in this trade agreement, or it's got to be more dynamic now than a trade agreement, it has to be with a quasi-reorganization agreement with the companies in this country, this is our game plan. That at this point, they're supplying. We're not going to change that supply line quickly, but we can change how we uh, pay for their products. So now we reverse, we're not reverse engineering, we're reversing the very cost of distribution back to the supplier. And in doing that, their costs rise, and you say, well, they'll just increase the price. Well, that's, that's their problem. They then have to manage their costs better rather than just pricing on the basis of plus landed costs, and we lose the money. So what would this take? Well, this takes leadership. This takes a whole strategy that we turn the tables on those that export more to us than, than import from us. And in doing so, we then go back to making money on our technology, ideas, and enterprises. So now we're, not, now we're playing enterprise, monopoly board, not uh, a monopsony board which allows China to dictate Prices plus shipping plus distribution done by us on their schedule. So if their ships don't make it across the ocean quick enough, then we hurt for our distribution system. So they're going to have to be held accountable for the time it takes, for what it, what it costs once they get it here to be covered within the trade agreement. We're not going to erase global trade. 
the world has shrunk to the point that it's, it's, it's a dynamic that we need to utilize to teach the rest of the world free enterprise because they're not practicing free enterprise. They're practicing oligarch uh, enterprise where in China, the large Chinese companies are <coughs> uh, committed to Xi Jinping and the Politburo. So they have a monopsony where the government is controlling everything. The monopsony is the other side of monopoly. They're utilizing their oligarchs as monopolies to allow a monopsony then to sell everything. They'll, they'll basically buy it at wholesale and sell it to us at, at, at retail. And now they control the flow of profitability in gross domestic products. Because in the process, they, their GDP has grown from in the hundreds of thousands to now into the trillions, 14 trillion over the last 20, 30, 40 years under three or four, five presidents that had no idea what they were doing on a global basis. And it's, this is not a shooting war, this is a trade war. We're losing, they're winning. So we have to, with our quasi-reorganization, cut our fixed costs, get rid of this, the size of this government we have at all levels, and all of the 40,000 bills that are proposed every year by these legislatures with no vision of how we're going to win the trade war. Because our country is great. This is what it says, what, what makes America the greatest, but we're vulnerable for and non-accountable government and unaccountable leadership because we've allowed the two parties to blame each other. And both parties would just as soon be the only party. They would like to have eight years and then extend it to another eight. <coughs> and the red and the blue parties fighting the McCoys and Hatfields is what's ca causing us to lose our vision. And our vision is, is that within the Constitution and, the, and democratic government, which is not intended to be top-down, it's meant to be from bottom-up, according to our founders, and, and the way the Constitution was written would support uh, from the grassroots up to Washington, D.C., or our state capitals. Well, what, what has to change there? Well, the Republic has 50 uh, separate enterprises. Each state has its own responsibility for managing its own gross domestic product. To be profitable, they have to imp implement the same concept I'm talking about uh, globally, is the governors have to be accountable for the leadership of a game plan of quasi-reorganization in their state to start a, a, establishing accountability. They have to be measured. Right now, no governor is measured by anything except the votes that they can, they can attract by spending more money than their opponent. And they don't come up with any game plan for increasing their gross domestic product. Matter of fact, 
one doesn't know what the other one is. We need to have them competing for the one with the best gross domestic product and the best trade balance and the lowest divorce rate, the lowest abortion rate, the lowest number of guns in circulation. Analytics that would not only measure financial success, but societal success. Right now, none of this is done. So the whole plan of quasi reorganization has to establish accountability at every level, down to the mayors and the county commissioners and to the school boards, and everybody's operating as if we're um, the NFL because we're going to have a Super Bowl and we're going to find which state is the best at leadership managing the processes that haven't been set up yet. We literally have to set up our measuring instrument, which is now going to be the cloud and and the the software and and um, the what do they call it blockchain software, so we can track everything individually and it all grows up into a, a measuring stick for each governor and each mayor. So they now are held responsible, not for a budget that is cash in and cash out, and all of them would have a deficit if they, because they include borrowing in the, in the cash in side. It's, it's, it's been admitted in certain states that we're going to, said they were going to go to generally accepted accounting principles. What does that mean? Well, that means no longer is, is the, incurred debt, short-term current debt and long-term debt, not included in a set of financial records. So we can measure on the accrual basis where we are using generally accepted accounting principles because you're recording what you owe, what you have coming in, and what you're spending. That then would report your surplus or retained earnings. We're talking about earnings. Each state now is a, a, a giant enterprise, which we would not call a monopsy or a monopoly, but a, 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 a free enterprise system where each state is winning the, the trade war for their, for their workers. They're enterprising Americans. They're enterprising Americans are risk takers. They're willing to risk going with a certain set of companies that are within that state. And those companies need to be measured on the same basis as I'm saying we're going to measure um, governors. Presidents of companies need to have some responsibility for how they are sharing the wealth that they're creating and how it affects the stakeholders as well as the shareholders. Are they a good participant in the society of their state for not-for-profits, churches, institutions that support uh, the needy. So, and, and the whole goal is to reduce the number of, of needy, uh, which would also be a, a criteria of how, how much are you spending on the entitlements the unemployment, the disability, the food stamps, the the the, the uh, minimum wage, uh, 
those entitlements that we have labeled as giveaways would no longer be giveaways. They are all a part of a benefit system that enterprising, risk-taking Americans would receive as they, it's called risk and reward, within the the tenets, 10 tenets of free enterprise, it specifies how there is a whole system of sharing in the gross domestic product of a particular company, of a particular county, a city, and state. And then annually, based on this blockchain software, we can do it now because we have the technology to do that, we're measuring and holding accountable at every level of the republic for the purpose of producing profitability, which is then shared with those that are taking the risk and making the Maharishi. We've got to go there tomorrow at 11.30. They've demanded that they have the results of uh... Sorry, I had to uh, take that phone call. It was uh, from my wife's cardiologist, and we've got an appointment. And so I really wasn't finished. I'm going to try to sum this up uh, and then get it uh, published. But I've been struggling with the the podcast in terms of being um, passionate, uh, expressing ideas, and and uh, allowing you, the listener, to evaluate or confirm uh, that what I'm saying it makes sense. Uh, I come from uh, Iowa. Uh, I'm a depression baby. Uh, in Iowa, we had a strange uh, societal uh, system in Indianola, Iowa, which it was called God's Little Acre in the 40s, where uh, there was no uh, alcohol allowed, no divorces were uh, almost non-existent because of social pressures. Uh, there was a whole a system of work. You had to learn to earn and you had to have a skill to build within this great American system that we have inherited. And so uh, coming from those roots, my wife and I met in junior high school and uh, got married when I was going to college and have been married in 63 years, going on 64. And uh, we're very active and, and we're very committed to uh, Americanism, this great country that you don't have to make it great. It's already great. We need to keep it great. And keeping it great is, is all about some of the things that I've talked about here. And I learned them. I learned them from one of the greatest companies in America, Arthur Anderson and Company, which suffered from a government takeover, in, in my opinion. But anyway, what I learned there was this whole business formula of, uh, of profit-making and how do you, as a leader, lead to that. And it's not ultimate. The, the profit it's, itself is just creating more capital for growth, but anyway, how do you establish leadership within a company, uh, a, a city, a state, and you know the federal government? 
is it better to have a few people making all of the decisions or more people making their own decisions, which then pursue the objectives of the team as it is in sports. And that's where I learned uh, my dedication to this whole formula, uh, which I'm calling Americanism, is that we all have our own positions. We choose them. They didn't choose us. If they did choose us, it's on the basis of our effort and our talents. And we play our role within the, the team environment that has the objectives to, first of all, be the best, and secondly, to to be a winner, and um, thirdly, to be able to be a um, winning participant in our society. And those societal uh, obligations have to be a part of what I'm calling humanism. Americanism and humanism... They are bedfellows. Americanism being American capitalism, which is monetary, and the American uh, socialism, which is the human capital, working within the team environment and a set of objectives down to the lowest level. And then you're actually managing upward to the state capital or the city mayor or the or the Washington, D.C., and then we can create from that which is the best-performing state. Now the governors would be accountable on a generally accepted accounting principles how much debt they have that they're going to have to pay off short-term, long-term. What is their gross domestic product for their state? And what are the accrued uh, re- receivables that they've got coming in from taxes or other sources, which is borrowing, and what are the accrued expenses that relate to that current operation, and then what have they obligated the the state over a long term to be able to pay for, which should be amortized as you go along, such as pensions, such as health care such as Social Security, those things that we have obligated the states, the cities, the counties, and you taking it up to the federal level, that's what we have obligated the country for. Well, we don't have a set of books that has it recorded that way. Due to the institutional uh, form of accounting, we are not recording how much the current... $31 trillion for the whole country is, it's on the debt clock, but it isn't in the books all the way from the bottom all the way up to uh, the federal government. Why not? Because America is looked at as, an, as the three branches of an institution, not accountable at any level for performance of some objectives and uh, the, the primary objective is, is to win the trade war because somehow, some way, as I've been explaining through this whole dissertation, we've lost our way. We've lost the game, the game of trade. And so how do we get that back? 
do we deserve to get it back? Yeah, most of the ideas are coming from our small businesses, and if we continue to choke them to death with, with more laws and regulations, we won't have that. And that's kind of what's happening in, in, in America because we're being ruled now by the golden rule. Those with the gold shall rule, <clears throat> which is in violation of the Constitution, where it envisioned every person in this country would have a chance to be a, a participant in managing uh, this giant enterprise. And we find that that isn't the case now. So we have to somewhat, somewhat have not two parties that are gridlocked, but we need to have a third party, or it could be parties, that are swing votes that are, have the collective uh, backing and it's going to have to be financial for a while because with the backing has to t turn to what are the um, outcomes. What outcome is the, is the Democratic Party contributing to the gross domestic product? What about the Republican Party? Well, they're just stakeholders. Well, stakeholders have an obligation, particularly when they're starting to, to affect the overall game plan for the country. So we have to start managing and governing from the bottom up, not continue to have it collectively being dictating from the top down, because then we'd become China. And we somehow have allowed China to become America, because they will find out that they're going to be divided by having uh, what I've called oligarchs or monopolies, and they're subservient to the to the Politburo, but eventually at the bottom, the people start to realize that they're not free, they can't make their own choices, so they end up in a, you know, in a prison somewhere or having the organs harvested or whatever happens in, a, in the new Russian um, concept of, of what I would call a monopsony, where the, the monopsony is the Politburo and they control and decide everything on the basis of uh, what you would find in Orwell's 1984, which is actually brainwashing and, and surveillance and fear, as it was in Animal Farm, where the smart ones took over, and but the workers decided that they uh, weren't going to work. They would just stay home and take entitlements. And does that sound familiar? Yeah, it does. So this is all about reversing the trend of America losing the game of, of international trade. Because to reverse it, we have fallen into the same thing that Russia did and China will, is that, that they, only, they only have themselves to protect. They're not participating on a global basis. We're the ones that set up the United Nations, and now we don't even utilize that mechanism on a, in a peaceful, enterprising manner, where we could take America, the greatest idea ever, which is free enterprise, and that's what the Statue of Liberty was given to us by the French, is laissez-faire. This country is built on risk-taking and taking a chance and pursuing the dream, which the, the American dream meaning a successful 
country. And how do you measure that? Well, it's monetary and societal. And right now we're losing what we were getting after the Second World War, and we have allowed wealth to start to take over, not um, free enterprise effort by all participants in our great society. So that's what this is all about, is saying, yes, the free en- the uh, American Enterprise Swing Vote Party is being proposed as a way to break the gridlock, to bring forth not the majority, just the authority, to be able to be the swing vote, to, m- to make sure that we're now going to be able to pay our bills, make our money, collect our money, and and have the accountability system at every state level, city level, so we can measure how much uh, profit is being distributed to those that make it work, which are are 300 and it's going to be 350 million if we keep the open borders and they're all going to have to work. This Americanism will not work unless those that are taking their share are working. They need to learn to earn and have a skill to build. And I'm going to share with my listeners what happened when I applied that concept to a a troubled nursing home and then other nursing homes, which today are still struggling. So thanks for listening. I'm going to continue to try to do this more passionately and, and just give you the benefit of I've got the free time to do it. I've written some books. I've, I've got a health care for all book, which says it should be a government and a, a government and a private enterprise approach to health care. So we hold the providers accountable for outcomes, not incomes. Most of my books are all about what are the problems and, and just some ideas and some proposed solutions. For, thank you for listening and. Uh, over and out. This is a poem from uh, the poetry book, The Eighth Wonder of, a, of the World. Formula for Peace. Hand me your guns and weapons. Hand me your cause. Now contemplate your sons. Think of your daughters as you pause. Is it worth the price you pay to confront your fellow man with fists clenched to betray? peaceful days in each other's land. I don't believe you believe it's right to forsake those you conceive, your children just to fight. Think and ponder why it is necessary to ravage God's wonder with only selfish banners to carry. Why not throw down your pride from your side? Make peace your sound before we all have denied that in peace lives don't cease, love and friends abide before we all have died. For in belief in the same God's absolution, that religion without reason equals revolution, that reason minus religion equals resolution, that perfection is reason with absolution, as the solution and the God we trust knows the difference that violence in our culture 
is violating our First and Second Amendment. From uh, my poetry book, The Eleventh Wonder of the World, America is made in pieces. Along the roads to freedom, America is made in pieces. Pieces of families, pieces of the offspring. Pursuing the ultimate peace that's elusive to those who lose their peace of mind, leaving their loved ones behind, only to be the victim of war, of the challenges of worldwide conflicts that won't cease, the immoral purge on peace. Sad as it may seem, such families no longer dream of what their son or daughter could have been. The finality is never there, not because they don't care, or that it isn't fair, but the fact that reasons despair. Why was it so important for them to die when the benefit is distant in far-off lands that belie the importance, the benefit is negligible when value is in the terms of politics or demographics, not facts or accomplishments, there are bad sentiments about the purpose of tearing apart something to build something else, destroying hopes and futures for stopping the wrongs of others with the longing of fathers and mothers just for the making of America a better place for others, putting the pieces back together. It's a funeral or it or in a remembrance of those heroes, those foes of tyranny, of treachery, of the senseless cruelty to other human beings for the sake of saving saving Earth's spiritual beginnings. In God, we entrust our country to those few soldiers of peace, putting America together again, piece by piece, family by family, grave by grave, friend to save our destined diversity.